Okay, so uh, we are in the middle of the fourth letter. Um, and we started getting into man. So he, you know, he, he established in the third letter the basic idea of, of the universe. Hashem created a, an interactive universe where everything is dependent on each other. It takes in order to give. And it's part of this beautiful thing that we call the world. Then, what is man? Man is the most powerful of all the creations. He was given an intellect. He was given you know, capabilities far beyond any other creation. Right? And Hashem gave an additional thing to man, which is free will. Hashem allows man to choose whether to keep the law that every other creation has to keep by instinct. So every creation in the world instinctively does what Hashem wants it to do. It can't, it can't not. It can't choose not to. You can't put a piece of meat in front of a, a carnivore and say, don't eat it. Right? It's, it's going to eat it. It's hungry. Only a human being, Hashem, can say, here, this beautiful tree, it's right? Don't eat it, right? Because you have to choose. There's a law, right? Hashem could have made us not want to eat from the Eitzadas. Or Hashem could make that, 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 uh, that Arias were repulsive to us. Or that the uh, tray for food was repulsive, right? But Hashem didn't. Hashem gave us natural drive to be, you know, to want these things. But Hashem tells us, I, I'm giving you the law now. I'm telling you, choose that law. That's the idea of, uh, of a human being. And again, Hashem also gave us the ability to understand. That's how we ended off last week. The idea of, of Hashem gave us the ability to, to understand our purpose, which is a tremendous gift. That we're not just meant to be robots, just do because Hashem says. Hashem, after we commit to doing Nasa, Hashem gives us the ability to kind of nishma, to understand, you know, uh, and understand our place in this world. So now he's, he's getting back to addressing the original real question, the challenge from letter number one. And he'll have a formal answer later on um, in letter 17. But for now, he's addressing an obvious point, right? Which is, our purpose in life, therefore, is not the acquisition of possessions. We should not measure our achievement in life by the volume of outer or inner treasures that we accumulate. Right? So again, the first letter says, human perfection and happiness comes from achieving. Look at Chachma, look at the university, and look at the, you know, look what people are building and producing, how amazing, right? So again, if your purpose in this world, right, is to is to is to build, uh, you know, uh, is, is to be a great, uh, you know, philosopher, or your purpose is to be a great scientist, then I hear the chanami, right? Yiddishkeit is a, is a big problem. But what's your purpose? Your purpose is to take what Hashem gave you, right, and use it to follow His law, right? So whatever the every faculty that Hashem gave you, you use in service of His law. That's the purpose, right? Our life's mission is concerned with what we become, what we make of ourselves, and what we give, and not what we get. It's not about the intellectual gifts that we accumulate, the businesses that we have, the buildings that we build, right? We should measure our attainments by the extent to which we fulfill God's will with the help of our outer and inner acquisitions, right? So the, 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 measure, the measure of what we are, the measure of, of, of what's considered success is whether we take the things Hashem gave us and do Hashem's will. The whole point is to do the will of Hashem, to follow Hashem's law willingly, to choose and follow Hashem's law, right? So, so... So whatever it is, did you fulfill Hashem's law? That's the only measure, right? With the help of our outer and inner acquisitions. Again, there's outer acquisitions, right? And then there's inner acquisitions, right? There's mental acquisitions, character, emotions. These are all things that are part of a person. And did you use these things to keep Hashem's law? Hashem created you with all sorts of talents, all sorts of abilities, all sorts of emotions. And Hashem says, I'm putting you in this world. And I want you to keep my law in this world that you're in. So did you use all the things Hashem give you in order to keep that law? Utilizing every single one, small or large, for truly human deeds of divine service. Our endeavors to acquire inner and outer possessions have value only because they provide us with the means to perform such deeds. 
So the, the whole, anything in our, our outer possessions, which is like money and, and you know, and, and inner possessions would be intellectual and emotion, spiritual, they're only valuable in as much as you will now use them in the purpose of a human being. What's the purpose? Is to do the rest of Hashem, to, to fulfill Hashem's will, right? Willingly. From the slightest mental faculty and the nerve ganglia which serve it, to the strength of your hand, with which you're able to bring about changes in creation to which the entire realm of nature and every being within you reach a subject, right? So from, your, from your, this, the tiniest intellect, the greatest power, all, a human being is very powerful, right? All your capabilities are but tools lent to you, which one day will appear before the throne of Hashem as witness for or against you, testifying whether you neglected them or used them well, whether you were a blessing with them or curse. Again, what's, is, is, what is the purpose of man? If the purpose of man, right, you have a business and you hire an employee, and the purpose is, uh, you know, you're a foreman or you're a salesperson, you're an accountant, right? So you're measured only by what you got, right? If you don't make the sales, then you're fired. If, you're not, uh, if you don't know how to balance a, uh, you know, an account, you're fired, right? Because you're, you're per- the purpose in this company is for you to produce a specific thing, right? And that's, what, and that's all, and there's nothing else. If you didn't, you didn't get those things, then, then you're worthless. But that's not what this world is. This world, Hashem didn't create man in order to, to produce something. Then didn't put man in this world in order to, to, to acquire knowledge. To, Hashem put man in this world in order to willingly do the Ratzon Hashem. Hashem put everything in this world to be part of this universe, to give, right, to give and contribute to the universe. The same thing with man, right? And man has to choose. And so that's the, the question is, did you do what Hashem wanted you to do? That's the measure. There's no other measure. You could have accomplished nothing. But if you did the Ratzon Hashem, then you did what you were supposed to do. Right? Accordingly, there is an outer universally accepted criterion by which to judge man's deeds. Right? Whether or not they correspond to the will of Hashem. So first of all, there's an objective, did you or didn't you? Right? And this is, you know, Bezdin Shalmat that deals with these things. Did you do the mitzvah of Hashem? And that's, that's a very objective standard. Right? Did you do it? Did you, did you do the mitzvah you were supposed to do? Did you stay away from the Avera you are supposed to do? And, and let me just point out how this relates to the Torah. We'll get it. Right now we're being very kind of, you know, broad and kind of, you know, philosophical the general purpose of man, how the Tayyag mitzvahs or the Torah, you know, relate to what Hashem wants us to do, that we'll get to in the second half, right? But the idea is that the purpose is to do the will of Hashem, right? And, and we can judge that very objectively. Did you, did you eat the thing that you weren't supposed to eat? Did you, were you with the woman you weren't supposed to do? That's very clear, and that peasant could take care of, and Hashem will deal with that as well. But then there's an inner criteria by which to judge a man's greatness, right? What makes a man great, which differs from case to case, not the sum total of his achievements and the amount of resources which he has been endowed, but whether he has used them to the best of his ability to do God's will, right? And when Hashem judges a person, again, Torah mitzvahs you have to do, that's, that's, that's outer and that's objective, but then there's the inner sense of a person, right? Are you a great person or not? And you look at two people, right? Ramayish Feinstein says this, this is a fascinating Gemara, right? Where, uh, I forgot who it was, the Tana went up to Shemayim, right? He was sick and he, he fasted and he ate, right? And he said, and he said well, what do you see up there? He said, I saw an upside down world, right? right? The low people were high and the high people were low. And so his father tells him, it's Eilam Emes Risa, right? So the Mishnah says, it doesn't mean that like, you know, that the people that were great on this world doesn't mean like the G'daylim, that they were, you know, he said, it doesn't mean like the, the people that are frauds, right? People that nowadays in this world, everyone looks up to the big veer, to the big powerful guy, right? He's Eilam Lamata. Up there in the Yenavelt, he's Tachtayim. That's obvious, right? No one, that's, that's obvious that, that a guy who just because people think he's great down here doesn't mean anything. It means literally the El Yainim, are people that are actually great. They, they were sad and learnt. They gave tzedakah. They had worked on their midas. They were great people, right? They were El Yainim. They were actually hush of a good people. You, you look at them objectively, mitzvah they were right? But relative to their ability, relative to what they should have been, 
right? They were not great. And they're tachtainim up there. Whereas the guy who's down here, you look at him. He's not a great person. Doesn't daven, you know, so well. He's not, right? But doesn't give a lot of... T- but relative to, to what his abilities are, relative to the place he was in life, he was a Pasha the Yid, he had to work 18 hours a day to supply for his family, right? And he did so honestly, to the best of his ability. He gives that, right? This is a person who down here, he's tachtainim, he's a nothing. He didn't, he's not giving any shiurim, he's not learning, he's not giving major tzedakah, he's never going to be in the Mishpacha magazine, never will be honored by his yeshiva, he's accomplished nothing. What are the samtol, right? But relative to the gifts he was given and the place he was put in, he's a great person. And he's going to, we're going to be down there, you're going to see the schlepper and shul that, he's objectively nothing. He objectively is not a great person, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about a fraud. Objectively, the guy is objectively a nothing. But up there, he'll be alienum. Right? Uh, I saw someone say, you know, by a bris, we, we say, we say, what's in the harachamad? Lamala, lamala, right? Lamala, lamala, right? Brachas, you should be lamala, lamala, right? It's uh, not enough to be lamala, 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 right? It follows, that, it follows that in spite of one's best intention, his life may be an utter failure if his actions were not the right ones. Again, you're graceful, shame, shemayim, you want to, you're a person, but if you're not doing the right thing, then you're a failure, right? On the other hand, if a man abided by God's law, his life may be sublimely great, even though showing only minor accomplishments. If the means allotted to him did not permit major ones, right? Again, intentions are wonderful, right? And this is, this is Rav Hirsch, we're gonna get into this soon. Rav Hirsch is all about doing the right thing, doing the Ratzon Hashem, fulfilling God's law. The mitzvahs of the Torah are the law that Hashem gave for human beings, which, which the whole purpose is to submit to that law willingly. And that's what's important. You can have all the grace, uh, you know, shikach taira, and have the grace of shmuzim and be a grace thing, but if your actions do not correlate with the Ras and Hashem, then you're a failure, right? On the other hand, your life could actually have accomplished nothing. You're not a, you don't have any major accomplishments, but you're a great person. If the means a lot of them do not permit major ones. That's happiness and perfection. And this is really gets back to the original question, right? Happiness and perfection. How could the Jews sat there in the shtetl uh, come on, look, look at the rest of the world. They're, they're, look at what they're doing. Look, how, look, look at the cities that they're building, the art that they're creating, right? the, 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 the intellect, the sciences that they're doing, the philosophy. Right? Look at this, it's amazing. Look, look at this Yidin sitting in there in the shtetl. Happiness and perfection consist of using all our outer and inner possessions in, full, in fullest measure according to Hashem's will, which alone is what makes a man great. Greatness doesn't come from what you're accomplishing. Greatness comes from what you're doing, the choices that you make, the behavior that you do. Whether it accomplishes or not is irrelevant. You know, Ramesha says, uh, he says, um, I'm saying Ramesha again, that was a, uh, right, he says, uh, he talks about Eila Tullis Nayach, right? So he says, Eila Tullis Nayach, Nayach Ish Tzadik, Tell me right? The Chayra, it's just Eila Tullis Nayach, it's just Eishem Chaman Yafis, right? So Rashi says, the Tullisayim Shal Tzadikim is Maiseidaim, right? The children of Tzadikim are the Maiseidaim. He says, oh, what's the, what does it mean that his actions are like his children? He says, we all know a person can't choose his children, right? A person's sometimes given a child who's a tremendous genius or a tremendous talent or has a natural proclivity, right? And you look at this, wow, look at that, right? You don't choose your children. Sometimes you have a child who has behavioral issues. He has other issues, right? You don't choose your children. You, Hashem gave you a child. He trusted a child to you. Your job is to do the best you can and to bring out that child's greatest potential. So that's my seidaim. Some people are given opportunities to, to run into the burning building and save the Seva Torah. Some people are given the opportunity, are given a lot of money to, to, to go ahead and, 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 uh, and give, uh, you know, build buildings and build Maisa Satira. And some people are given the ability to put 25 cents in the pushka. You know, someone told me over once from... Uh, from, from Rechnitz, you know, the, uh, he, said, uh, he said, he says, to me, to give, you know, a million, whatever, the tzedakah, right? It doesn't cost me anything, right? It doesn't mean anything to me, right? It's, not, it's nothing, right? He has so much, he has so much money, right? He says, I get, right? It wasn't difficult. I get tremendous covet, right? Tremendous covet, right? He says, when it's some, a younger man in yeshiva, right? Who's every penny, right? 
He says he's giving the money, he's making sacrifices. He actually has to change his lifestyle because of the tzedakah that he has to give, right? He says that was actually meant something, and he gets absolutely no credit, right? It just means nothing, right? But in Shemayim it doesn't. In Shemayim it's the exact opposite, right? It doesn't. Obviously, there's the objective: did you keep the law or not? But then, in terms of greatness, what brings a person happiness? What brings a person greatness is not the level of his accomplishment, right? But the degree to which he did what Hashem asked him to do, right? And this is a key of happiness. By the way, we think that if we have all this money, we have all that, we'll be happy. And, and it's not. It's, it's objectively not. And you could ask all the millions of miserable rich people out there, the millions of, of high, you know, highly accomplished people that are miserable, right? Because what brings happiness is using what Hashem gave you to the best of your abilities. That is what brings happiness. That is it. Nothing else brings happiness. Right? So the, the Malach in charge of man is coming to this and says, like the Chacham say, he takes the seed which is to develop, and he says, what's going to be of the seed, right? So the human being growing from it be strong or weak. Wise or simple, rich or poor. But he doesn't ask whether he's going to be good or bad. For everything that I call me, Shemayim, Chusimir Shemayim. Right? Thus, right? So this is amazing, right? So whether he'll be rich or poor, smart or stupid, weak or strong, that's completely up to Hashem. Right? Your Shemayim is up to him. He says, so let's not judge man by all the things that are not really in his hands. So we look at the person, wow, look how rich he is. Wow, look how what a Talmud Chacham he is. That's not, that wasn't up to him. Like, those are the things that Hashem gave the person. Okay, Talmud Chacham means that you actually made a choice to learn. Fine, we'll give you credit for that, right? But rather, let's judge him, right? But that which God put entirely in his control, which can only, right, is the fear of Hashem. That is, that is the mark of a person's greatness. That is what you judge, right? So again, it's, this is all... It's born out of his philosophy. Again, obviously, this is an idea which I think everyone will agree to, right? If you think about it, right? Even though we may not actually look at the world that way. But it stems from his philosophy of recognizing what the role of man is, right? The role of man is not to, to be this, you know, it's not even to be a big Talmud Chacham, right? You know, it's not, you know, the Rav Aaron, you know, who's been with this lately, he's in the middle of writing a sefer now for Yeshiva Bachar, which I know I promised many times I'll bring it, right? So, so they asked him, how do you be, how do you be a Gadol, how do you become a Gadol Adar, right? He, he said he was once at a graduation for one of his sons, elementary school, maybe, or high school, and the Rebbe, as like a gimmick, turns around, and he tells all the, it was hundreds of parents there, you know, uh, he tells the boys, the graduating boys to sit down, he tells all the parents, stand up, right? He says, why? Well, he says, in this class is, is going to be a Gadol Adar. You have to stand up for the future Gadol Adar, right? Because someone in this class, you know, is going to be the next Gadol Adar. Right? There's no goal to be the Gadol Adar. That's, that's not a goal, right? That's not the goal of a person, right? You should be a Gadol. You should be a great person. What, me, what the measure of greatness is not Gadol Adar, right? A measure. A person has to be great because a person's put into this world just like you look at a blade of grass, a, a cockroach. A cockroach is doing the Rasen Hashem 100% of his life. Right? This is the, the laws that Hashem put in is what Hashem wants from this cockroach. Even though it's accomplishing nothing. Its entire life is what, six weeks? I don't know what's in the Mullah, right? It lives for a couple of weeks. It takes, literally in its entire life, it picks up a little, a little crumb and brings it to the mother bee or whatever, right? It's accomplished, but it's part of this world and it's doing exactly what Hashem wants it to do in the situation that it is. And that is, human beings, obviously we're granted a lot more power and intellect, Right? But we were put in a situation where we use our abilities to do what Hashem wants us to do. And if that means taking a crumb and bringing it to the thing, then that's what we're going to do. And if it means the, you know, being the president, then that's what it's going to do. Every person with the talents he was given in the situation he was given. Right? And that's, that's the mark of a person. So then, you know, thus comprehended, the purpose of man could be attained by anyone at any time with his individual measure of strength and means. You could be alone on an island, you could be in prison, falsely accused or rightly accused and now you have to figure out the rest of your life. You could be living in the poorest of times, the best of times, the worst of times. It makes no difference. 
right? Because the measure is not what you could accomplish, right? You could be living in the shtetl where you're literally struggling to put food on the table, or you could be living in the United States in 2022 where you have this major panasa making a lot of money and being able to do a lot of things, those sorts of choices that you can make. It makes no difference because the purpose is not what you accomplish. The purpose is whether or not you did the Rasa Hashem. Whoever in his lifetime fulfilled the will of God towards the creatures born into his orbit, wronging none, assisting each one to the best of his ability to reach the goal Hashem intended for, he was truly a man. He expressed justice and love in his life. Again, when we get to the mitzvahs, we'll focus more on this idea of justice and love. His entire life, all of himself, his thoughts, feelings, speech, actions, even his business transactions and personal enjoyments represented service of Hashem. Such a life transcends all vicissitudes, right? Any changes in life, right? A person could go from, you know, my father always he had worked with a guy who was very, very wealthy. You know, worth one of the big, you know, early real estate, you know, and he lost, come out all of his money, right? So this guy, his lifestyle didn't change one bit because even when he had a lot of money, you know, he's, uh, right? And like, most people are not like that, right? You have money, you'll, you'll, you'll live, you know, you'll use the bracha that Hashem gave you, but then you become poor. Your mission didn't change. Yes, outwardly now things look differently. Right? Before then, you're, you had a job where you had to give X amount of money to Sadaka, sit on X amount of boards. Now no one cares about you anymore because you have no money. Right? You see who your friends are. Right? Your mission didn't change. Right? It didn't change. Nothing changes. You could be, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, whether in luxury or privation, abundance or want, whether with tears of joy or sorrow, such a human personality, unchanging, almost like Hashem, sees in every new blessing, as in every loss, merely another challenge to tackle anew the same unchallenging task. Right? This is a Hashem. We talk about Kedusha. It's Hashem's unchanging. Right? A person needs to reach that level where nothing matters. What does Hashem want me to do in this moment? You know, I, I, it's this famous story. I want, one, one year, well, the story isn't with me, but I, I had pneumonia one year on Ervium Kippur. I got diagnosed with pneumonia. And uh, the doctor tells me, if I don't eat on Yom Kippur, I'm going to die. That's what he tells me. All right, so I went to, I went to an American place, uh, I told him what the doctor said. He said, Every person that this doctor said to Yom Kippur, he says, there may not be a million of people in Yerushalayim fasting. He says, he called up his doctor in America, who told me, no, Avadi, you should fast, you know? He says, prepare shiurim. He says, but don't leave your bed, right? Because you leave your bed, you're not going to be able to fast. That was like very depressing, right? I was doing kairim in my pajamas, you know, in my dira. It was very, very depressing, very sad. And a few people all told me the same thing. If that story was with someone who, who was at Yom Kippur or was it Shabbat, maybe Yom Kippur, who walked into a bathroom and maybe, and then there was a, one of those electronic eyes or something. And if he would have moved away, then the lights would have went off and he, allowed, he wasn't allowed to move away, whatever the, the technicalities were. So he spent the rest of Yom Kippur in the bathroom, right? And the entire Yom Kippur in the bathroom. And, and his Rebbe had told him, I've got the names of the stories there. He's like, for everyone else in Kaisa, Hashem wants you to sit in shul and daven and thing. He says, Hashem, what does Hashem want from you at this moment? To stay in the bathroom. This is what Hashem wants from you on this Yom Kippur. Right? You see people that end up having to go to hospitals. They have parents that are in hospitals for Yom Tif. It's like, come on, this is, a, this is what Hashem wants at this moment. And that's it's in the general sense, right? Every situation you find yourself in, what does Hashem want in this moment? And you go from, you could go from, you know, living a life in, in Europe to being, you know, to, to destroy your entire life, destroyed and end up as an immigrant in America. What does Hashem want in this moment for me? Right? And you could go through any upheaval, right? Terrible tragedy, you could go from wealth to poverty, and poverty to wealth also, right? You go from tremendous wealth. What does Hashem want in this moment? My, my, my job didn't change. The way I fulfill it may have changed. I got a promotion, but my job ultimately is the same. What does Hashem want from me right now, given what He gave me? That's, and that's the general question everyone asks at every moment. Hashem put me in a specific place with specific outer and inner abilities. What is, what is the Rasan Hashem? How will I fulfill the law of Hashem in this moment? Um, okay, we'll stop here because it's a little, uh, all right, we'll continue next week.